Hi, and welcome to episode 292 of No Crying in Baseball, the All You Heard Was Poof episode. My name is Patty, and I'm here with my friend Deborah. Hey, Deborah, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Patty? I'm so happy to see you. Oh, likewise, likewise. Potty mouth, potty mouth conflict is our victory. That's right. That's right. So, um, happy graduation to uh, to Potty Mouth Junior. So, the Potty Mouths and also Junior Potty Mouth are all in New York City for that auspicious occasion. Um, and so, so Deborah and I are going to try so hard to manage this on our own. I think we can do it. I think we've got it. Yeah, they had a fail. They, 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 the, the, the pre-commencement plan was a Mets game versus the Guardians on Saturday, and rain. Yeah, so much rain. As I said to Potty Mouth when she told me, that's so Mets. It's so Mets. And you know, as you can't you get anything from, right. From, for several episodes prior to this, Potty Mouth's been talking about the Francisco Lindor possibly Chia Pet. We're not sure bobblehead giveaway that she was damn positive she was going there early enough. They were going to get those. When was the game rescheduled for, Deborah? During graduation, Patty. Yeah, so I think that's not happening for anyone. That's not, not my only swag fail this weekend, however. Um, it was my birthday on Friday. Happy so I decided birthday, to do, Patty. Thank you. I decided to do three straight days of live sports. And Saturday's live sports extravaganza was Star Wars Day with the Nationals. Ooh. And they were giving away two, you can get you know two alternate Star Wars Hawaiian shirts, the light side wow. or the dark side. And I arrived <laughs> an hour and 10 minutes before game time. And they weren't quite out, but there were two scrums of people. There were no more lines to pick up your, wow. your swag as you walk in. Like every, there were scrums of people and they were sort of like randomly throwing shirts out. I'm like, I don't need a shirt this badly. Ooh, yeah. I just yeah. don't. I'm walking yeah. away. I'm just I have walking a no away. scrum for swag rule. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. And that, I didn't before. I didn't know that was necessary. Yeah. But now that I've, I've witnessed it, I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely very high. Uh, so good job struck keeping out on your swag. standards. That's right. And I went on my birthday. I went, I cross-trained. We went to the WNBA game to see the Mystics home oh, opener. Nice. which was super fun. They won big over the New York Liberty. Also super fun. That also made us actually invoke Kike Hernandez, which we're going to do in Potty Mouse absence because we looked at the like the the quarter zips that the coaches were wearing and said, hey, that's the same color as Kike's cleats. So like, oh, actually, it's the Statue of Liberty green. I guess it's not the Kike green. <laughs> it's sort of a bigger green than that. But but they also had I'm actually wearing my uh, my swag from that, which is pretty good there. What do they say? They say ball on our terms, Nice. which was pretty cool. It's like that's a little awesome. in your face shirt. I'm really happy about it. I'm going to go back for sure on um, my my pre birthday extravaganza was to see the Orioles with my son and it was really exciting and there were some moments it was against the Angels so I got to see Otani hit a home run I got to see Mike Trout hit a home run I got to see Adley Rutschman hit a home run nice. and I got to see the the gosh darn intentional walk work I always say oh my god it's gonna fail the at the bottom of the ninth uh, the the uh the Angels intentionally walk Adley Rutschman to load the bases I thought I was going to get an Adley walk-off for my birthday. Yeah. But no, Ryan Mountcastle comes up, and it didn't work. Oh, dang I it. I mean, it, it, it didn't work for the O's. It worked for the Angels. And so yeah. we lost on my birthday. I didn't get, like, the exciting walk-off victory I wanted. But but my birthday series is 2-1. and one. So out of the three games I That's went to, 1-2. You have a winning birthday record. The swag series, however, is 1-2. and two. Oh. So, <laughs> But that's okay. That's okay. 
Oh my okay, God. now All I right. have an NCIB podcast rules question. Yeah, go for so it. I know if I say Kike, you say Manny, but what if you say Kike? Now, do I have to say Manny or do you say Manny? Like what, how does this work? So what I actually, I'm going to say Manny later, but if you have more Manny to talk about, you, you, it's always encouraged. No, I have no Manny to talk about. But I did make sure because I was talking about Manny that I had to cite Kike. Actually, I did that. Ah, so it's okay. So it's a, <laughs> you say Manny, I say, you plan to say Manny, I plan to say Kike. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure I'll figure it out. They all get talked about. Oh, actually, I do have a a, a rules question that I'd, I'd love for you to weigh in on. You may know that we have this algorithm about what you can wear to a game, to a sporting event, right? You, If you don't have the shirt of the team you are going to see, you could wear any team for that city. Like I went uh -huh. to the Mystics game. I could have worn a Washington Capitals shirt. I could have worn right. you know, a national shirt as long as it was a, a Washington team. Or I could wear any other WNBA shirt, yeah, right, at, yeah. For, for any city. But like those are the things that count. Like you shouldn't wear some random team from a random city that didn't have anything to do with anything. That's so it. here we are at the O's game, and there's a guy in front of us wearing a, a Cincinnati Bengals shirt, you know, with the burr on the back, and you know, their quarterback. We're big fans. Like, okay, he doesn't fit the algorithm. Then we realized it was orange and black. Maybe he wore that because it was Orioles colors. And do we need a corollary? Like, does he get a pass on it? Does he get half credit because yeah. he was wearing the right colors? That's a good point. Yeah, like, could you go to a Warriors game with a cow t-shirt? That's a great, it's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, I think you need a corollary. Yeah, I, th I think we're going to go there with that. So please feel free, um, listeners, to weigh in on that because... I don't know if it's full credit or partial credit, but I think I think there was some thought behind it. I think you did think I'm sitting in the darn front row. I need to be wearing the right colors. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're just uh, you're just yelling sports. That's right, sports ball! Yay! <laughs> I hear the exclamation point when you say sports. I like it. <laughs> oh my god! On today's show, our boyfriend conversation includes Adalis is greater than Aaron and Vientos versus Yahoo. We have food trucks for the win. We have the Dodgers versus the sisters. We have the return of Sticky versus Tacky and a Randy Johnson callback that no one was asking for. <laughs> you want to kick us off with some boyfriends? I would love to kick us off with some boyfriends. And I just want to say I am so happy with my team. And not just because they're doing well, but because there are a bunch of guys that I had never really followed before and I am really enjoying getting to know them. And I thank you, Patty, for convincing me to, to draft, even though I, I lacked basic calendaring skills and forgot when the draft was going to be. <laughs> and, and, you know, Patty's, Patty's uh, encouragement to me said, Bo's still available, Trey's still available. And I have both of those guys now, and in addition to a lot of other guys. And so I was thinking about who my favorites are, and it's kind of hard to pick one. But um, currently, my my favorite position player, and and oh, how I wish Potty Mouth were here to help with my pronunciation, but I think it's Adelis Garcia. Adelis, probably. But I don't know. Um, so um, anyway, he's my favorite right now. Um, he has, I think he's the RBI leader, and he just recently passed Aaron Judge for uh, most homers in the American League, is it? Uh so that sounds um, right. Yeah. And so anyway, I'm looking forward to his 10 year, $350 million contract with the Giants that falls through at the last minute next year. 
Um, <laughs> I'm sure actually that Aaron Judge will reclaim his 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 title soon. He's been out injured, I think. So, um, but he'll um, catch up quickly. But it's nice to give somebody else a chance. Yeah, and Adelise is kind of a role player, and like got DFA by the team he's currently playing for um, a couple of years ago, um, and and was like you know, got in a small trade for like cash considerations, just not like a, you know, not, not a big, he wasn't famous... feeling the love so much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, he's just really thriving in, in Texas. And I, I read an article where they quoted Bruce Bochy saying, yeah, I'm not going to do my Bruce Bochy impression, oh, <laughs> but he's basically saying like, yeah, we'd all pay to see him play. <laughs> like he's just a fun guy to watch. All right. Well, go ahead and pay to see him play then. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I assure you, Bruce Bochy is actually getting paid to see him play. So uh-huh. as it uh, turns out, boatloads. Yeah. Uh, boatloads. But anyway, so so it's fun. And my favorite pitcher right now is uh, my my um, once and future and once and future uh, pitcher from the Mariners, Bryce Miller, who I drafted originally and then i had to drop him because i needed more pitchers and he was um as i know you'll recognize this problem patty he was in the minors with no no Mm. play real plan to bring him up anytime soon at the beginning of the season and so i with great reluctance dropped him because he was like like the number one pitching prospect for the mariners um and they were sure he was going to be up sometime this season but you know who knows when right and then like two pitchers in a row, two starters in a row got injured. Um, and so they brought him up kind of in an emergency fashion. And uh, so I, I I also drafted him again, <laughs> added him in emergency fashion. Come and back, come back. Thank you, Kamish, for having same day draft, same day ad <laughs> rules where he can be active the same day. Um, and, uh, and he pitched a gem uh, against the A's, it must be noted, but... Uh, he did pitch People a gem. Did. And he's been doing great. He's just done really great. And I'm excited for him. It's his first time in the majors. And he's definitely like not just filling in. He's like claimed his spot. So that's pretty awesome. Excellent. Yeah. And that may be why you're doing so well, because you, you can pick him. You're, you're doing all right this time. You're doing all right. This I time. am doing all right this time. And I'm excited. I'm excited about all the stolen bases. And I'm wondering, uh, if, I mean, I'm not even like in the conversation there. Like I'm like, I think seventh or eighth in stolen bases, but like, I usually don't have any. And so I'm wondering if these uh, new rules are trickling down to our fantasy league. I, I think they are. Cause there's a lot of players who normally don't have any that are getting a couple, which I think is, is the difference. I think we talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago that um, actually Trey Turner was saying, I don't think it's going to be the guys who steal a lot are going to steal a lot more. I think it's the guys who don't steal very much are going to steal a little and that's going to up the total number of stolen bases. So I think yeah. that trickle down is absolutely happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just realized that I forgot to tell you what I'm drinking because it's actually kind of important. It's thematic. One of my um, birthday presents from our intern, otherwise known as my son is a um, planning perfectly for a morning recording. By the way, we're recording first thing in the morning. Well, for Deborah on Sunday and before lunch for me on Sunday, which may as well be first thing in the morning. I have a 1911 orange dreamsicle hard Whoa. cider, which absolutely tastes like brunch. And it's oh. also going down very easy. So I very carefully only brought one to the studio with me so I can't over 
indulge. But I do want to talk to you about an emergency call up for my own team. Mm-hmm. Mark Vientos, my Mets boyfriend, got called up Tuesday night for Wednesday's game uh, against the Rays. And I was really excited about him because when I profiled him, he was playing second base. They kind of thought maybe he'd play third base. And I've got holes in my infield because a bunch of people are are on the IL right now. Mm. So I have holes in the infield. I'm like, great. If I call him up, if I, if I add him back, I can stick him in at third base. He's starting for the Mets on his, you know, on his call-up day on Wednesday at third base. And Yahoo would only let me put him in as a utility player. Uh, Our intern thinks that it's something to do with how many bats you have at a certain position that allows you to play there. Oh yeah, and I was able, so I, I could put him in as utility, but that meant I still had a hole in my infield. So I've got a big yeah. blank space there because I can't fill it with anybody. But I'm glad I put Mark there because, well, coming up, he had played 38 games with AAA Syracuse. Mm-hmm. He was hitting 333, 13 home runs, 37 RBI. He was doing great, so that's why he got the call up. First game on Wednesday, he had a two-run homer in the seventh. That was his first hit wow. for this for this call-up. Nice. Uh, Mets Mets won that game eight to seven over Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I got the credit for the home run, but I didn't get anything for, <laughs> for really anything else that he would have done because there's a big hole where third base is supposed to be. So hey, thanks a lot, Yahoo. But very much thank you, Mark Vientos. Oh, so that's something I didn't understand about like you the Yahoo position. So like. If I play Trey Turner at utility and he makes like three double plays, I don't get credit for them. Is that what you're saying? No, I I think you actually do. But what was happening to me was I didn't have anybody getting credit for, I had nobody in the third base. Nobody in the third base. Yeah. So that's a bummer. I was getting credit for him as a utility player, but I could have had him at third base because he was actually, you know, playing third base in real life at that time. Yeah. And I could have had somebody else in utility and gotten points. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, but you know, sometimes what I do, and maybe my team is enough worse than yours or, or has been in the past that, that I get more consolation. What I do sometimes is I look at the bench and see how all of those guys are like, oh, for Tuesday. And, and I think to myself, <laughs> a blank position was better because it didn't lower my batting average. Huh. I didn't. This is like, is this like, like Jeff McNeil getting like sat when he was like about to win the batting title. So it didn't go down. Exactly. Like that might have been it. Not that I would leave a position blank on purpose, but like when I have to have a blank position because of stuff like that, because I, I'm never very good at like getting the guys who qualify for three positions and having like that, you know, I always end up with like one first baseman or one, you know, one. So I think this year may be the best year I've had as far as even evening out the positions but when when i'm stuck with a blank position sometimes i i look and see see how the bench did <laughs> let it ride <laughs> um, maybe tomorrow they'll let me put mark Vientos yeah. in third base i don't know yeah i have one he... piece of uh potty mouth uh boyfriend call up or not call up news and it's it's more mess being mets which is that the as she said the fucking mets just optioned my current mets guy luis guillorme to triple a yeah, to bring up Mark Vientos. Oh, dear. So, neener, neener, oh, neener. I wasn't going to mention that because Mommy that and was Mommy me. are fighting again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fighting. I'm fine. <laughs> hey, so my my Cubs guy, Seiya Suzuki, I always do the, the stats for the past seven days when I look at my team so I know who's done exciting things this week so I can talk about them. Mm-hmm. Seiya Suzuki has one of the highest OPSs on my team, 1.395 for the past seven days, you know, small, small pool. Mm-hmm. 
he missed the first 12 games of the season with a left oblique strain. So I was like, okay, great. You know, I picked this guy. He's not there. He's not available to me. And then he was available. He had, he homered his first game back and then slumped. So he was sitting on the bench for a while. Mm-hmm. Thankfully I brought him back because I think he might be turning things around on Wednesday versus Houston. He went three for three, including two home runs and two walks. I'm thinking, okay, maybe Suzuki is back. Nice. So crossing my fingers that that's working out. Of course, he's also an outfielder and I have outfielders. And but I'll, I'll take good ones. I'll take good ones. But that's that's where I'm usually shuffling. I don't have to worry about. It's like, oh, which good outfielder can I put in there? Well, that's good. And, but it's nice to see yeah. him doing well. Um, I I always feel bad for guys who sign a big contract and then, you know, through no fault of their own, don't do well. Right. Yeah. So he was brought over from the Japanese league in last season, and David Ross said we're assuming he's going to need a whole season to acclimate. Mm-hmm. culturally, language-wise. He's a, he was a new father last season. He had a lot of things going yeah, on. Yeah. So he, he got a little bit of grace from people. That's this good. season's like, okay, you're back. Now you've got that stuff more straightened out. Let's yeah. let's get to it. So hopefully hopefully he's turned a corner and he is getting to it. Just one um, of many, many players that the Giants failed to sign. <laughs> again, the Giants is the farm team. No, the A's are the farm team. Wait a minute. No, the A's are the, the, farm, the team. farm team. The Giants are just always the bridesmaids. Oh, they didn't. Yeah, that's right. They just they just didn't get there. Sure enough. One of Potty Mouse's boyfriends who we talked about, I think, last time you were on. I guess we always cite Vladdy when, when you and I co-host. This time, the nice thing he did was at a game versus Baltimore at the Rogers Center, he saw a kid behind home plate holding up a sign about being a cancer survivor. Mm. And the kid was wearing like a Bobichette jersey and his sign was like, you know, hey, Bo, I'm a cancer survivor. But, but Vladdy... When he came off the field in between innings, pulled out a bat, gave it to one of the clubhouse guys and had him run it over to the kid just to Aww. give him something nice, just because he noticed, nice. and it, you know, and, and I thought that this is a, this is a really awesome, nice thing. And it wasn't a big, you know, stop everything and pay attention to me. He just sort of like, you know, kind of motioned to the, to yeah. the clubhouse guy and sent the guy over. And I thought that was pretty super nice. That's so, very yeah, cool. Laddie. It's the, it's the small, nice things, not the big grand gestures sometimes. For sure. For sure. All right. Should we talk about uh, the new rules a little bit? I love them. I love talking about them. (laughs) A lot of people love them. I love them too. I mean, I haven't been to a game yet this year, I must say. Um, And I I don't watch on TV, but I listen and and it does go faster, Um, you know, and, um, and I'm hearing really good things. And it certainly is great to see so many more highlights of like stolen bases and base hits and, and all that kind of stuff. So just even as a, as a slightly more than casual fan, I'm, I can see that there's been, that there's improvement. Um, But uh, Jason Stark, who has really grown on me, I used to find him annoying, but um, he's a writer and podcaster for The Athletic, and he he did an unbelievably deep dive into the new rules. And like, he talked about stats that I have never even heard of, um, or like he did comparisons of, of things I've never even thought about, like, like, how many times does a runner go from first to third on a single to right field um, on a ground ball single? And like right. that kind of stuff is happening, like not just noticeably more, but like dramatically more. Um, and go ahead. 
So what what rule is does he attributing that to? Is that larger bases or uh, the shift, shift issues? The shift, shift issue. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so like there are, and I'm not even going to try to like capture this. Um, you know, Patty can link in the show notes to the to the piece, um, and he may have it available some somewhere besides the athletic too. But there are just like there are batting averages. Like you know how they slice up batting averages, like you know, batting average on balls hit to right field or whatever, there are batting averages that have gone up like 80 points and 90 points because Good of the short, um, you know, like certain like left-handed hitters pulling to right field or something like that, you know, all those singles that went away, um, you know, and and I, I guess the first to third thing is partly because when there's a runner on first, you have to hold them on, right? So the first baseman has to be behind first right behind first base right and since you right. can't bring the third baseman over to short right field anymore those yep. balls go through and so then even a decent runner you know a non-catcher on first oh has, come on has a chance to no catcher hate <laughs> <laughs> has a has a chance to make it uh to third base and so, and that's an exciting play, right? Like I, I know that. Yeah, I haven't been to that many games, but to watch a guy like just get, get his wheels going and slide into third and beat the throw, like that's fun. That's super fun. It is fun unless it's happening against your team. In which case, the people around me get tired of me saying, you know, the shift would have fixed that. <laughs> oh, also, great quote in that article from Kevin Gossman. <laughs> um, <laughs> they asked him. Like, hey, uh, do you um, you know, does it bother you when you when you see guys hit these balls that the ship would have caught? And he said, "That's like thinking about your old girlfriend. She's married now. She's not thinking about you. Why are you thinking about her?" <laughs> That's awesome. That's very, I kind of love him. That's solid okay. advice. That's absolutely Why are you true. About her? She's not thinking about you. <laughs> yep, that's that's pretty great. Oh my god. So um uh, in addition to the impossibly um impossibly deep dive into uh new rules related stats, um Jason Stark also did an impossibly deep dive in a, in a different article. You know, he has these weird and wild articles periodically. Mm-hmm. And um he did one on exactly how bad the 2023 Oakland A's are which is makes me oh. sad. Um, I was going to say, did it hurt to read? A little, but, you know, yeah. I, I know what their situation is. I don't blame the players, you know. It's all about the management and ownership. But um, <clears throat> he, um, I'm sure, Patty, as a fan, you know about the, the 1899 Cleveland Spiders. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> which is why the Spiders were, like, in, in the mix with, with guardians and other names as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have read from multiple authors bring up the 1899. They're like the boogeyman of sports writers. Like don't be the 1899 Cleveland spiders. And so uh, uh, Jason Stark actually did like a deep dive comparison on a bunch of different stats between the A's and the the 1899 Cleveland spiders. And they are not quite there yet. Both of us sad. (laughs) They're not quite there yet, but they are making a, a persuasive run at beating Jason it. Stark knocks both of us out in one fell swoop. <laughs> yes. Um, but he said they've already far surpassed the 1962 Mets um, as, you know, like, like in terms of like 
record 45 games into the season and um, run differential and stuff like that, they're just blowing the 62 Mets out of the water. So the ne- next stop, 1899 Cleveland Spiders. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I see your note about the Las Vegas move. I, I, I saw that the A's who had a binding agreement on property somehow got out of that binding agreement. It was just binding ish. Binding ish. <laughs> it was just sort of like a, a gentle restraint. Yeah. Is what that was. Yeah. So and now, and now they're at the Tropicana, yeah? Uh yeah, yeah. And I don't really um I mean the big question now is where will they play? in 2025 and 2026 because their lease on the Coliseum is up at the end of 2024. Um, and, um, can they just take those seasons off? <laughs> Maybe like re- rebuild in private, <laughs> rebuild in private. Actually, I forget if it was, if this was also Jason Stark. No, it wasn't. It was a different author, but I was reading about this and he, um, he Googled uh, a stadium in like Platte, Nevada. Uh-huh. Or no, Nebraska, Platte, Nebraska. That's what any, right? Any is Nebraska. Any is Nebraska. Yeah. And yeah, he, um, he, he, his, this particular author's suggestion was that the A's move to a stadium that's as, as inconvenient as possible for opponents to get to. <laughs> and he, he screenshotted get the, the advantage, the travel advantage. Yeah, yeah, the travel <laughs> advantage. And he screenshotted one of these art, one of these Google reviews that's sort of like poorly written. It was like it is a good stadium and a good place for you to set. <laughs> uh, he's like, no. I understand this stadium has a good place for you to set, like you know, with just the letter U. You know, <laughs> so um, and I guess the argument to them not moving to Las Vegas. Like they, they're AAA stadium. They're, they have a AAA stadium in Las Vegas now. That, but it and it seats ten thousand, which is more than what they're drawing to the Coliseum. But right. the the argument against that, I and I understand this from a sports business perspective, is like you don't really want a soft launch like that because you want the arrival in town to be. You want there to be a honeymoon period, and to be like, oh my gosh, new team, come out and see the new team, you know. But if they're in a little stadium that only seats ten thousand, you really you're limited in how much you can do that. Sure, sure. We're, like when the Nationals started here, they got to start at RFK, the football stadium. Oh dear. Which is <laughs> yeah, right. So it was gigantic. It's like maybe that could have been okay. Anyway, that's okay. The Phillies played at the Vet for you know my entire childhood. <laughs> sure, that's that's where I saw them when I when I lived there. Absolutely. Oh lord. I didn't know you lived in well, Philly. King of Prussia, baby. <laughs> did you go to the mall a lot? <laughs> I could walk to the mall from my house. Yes, I did. I was in middle school. Of course I went to the mall a lot. <laughs> Would I have seen you there? Oh, no. Maybe? No. Okay. No. You know, I grew up like an hour and a half away, which when you're a kid is like, it might as well be another planet. <laughs> sure. But I did go to sure. the vet a couple times, you know, to baseball games. You know, that was our. Oh, maybe I saw you there. So, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's a small, intimate. Place. Sure. Yeah, I thought you looked familiar. You know, <laughs> decades later. Oh my God. Hey, can I get my Manny Machado mention in? Oh, please. He's on the ten day IL. He's on the ten day IL. He got hit in the hand with a eighty mile per hour slider Monday versus the Royals. He's got a hairline oh. fracture oh. in his left hand. So. 
initially they said, oh, he won't need the IL. He plays through this stuff. And they said, oh, well, maybe he should have a 10-day IL. Manny's thinking it might take a little bit longer. I don't know. So it could be 10 days. It could be more. Yeah. He's out for a little while. And I think it'll give him a chance to think about his actions because he hasn't actually been doing very well. Yeah. We okay. have talked before about when pitchers are on rehab in the minors. And tradition is often major league players rehabbing in the minors treat the rest of the team to a nice meal oh, because yeah. they're getting paid crap, all of that. Sometimes they go overboard, like Scherzer buying the guys, you know, fancy dinners and also AirPods and all kinds of things. Yeah. And sometimes you get people who just blow the whole thing off and just pretend that it's not happening. Liam Hendricks, who we've talked about before, pitcher for the White Sox, finished his cancer treatment a couple of months ago. He's now rehabbing. Hopefully he's going to be pitching again in the majors very soon. He's been rehabbing with AAA Charlotte with the Knights. Three days, I don't know if they're in a row, but for three lunches, he arranged for food trucks to come to not only feed his teammates in AAA, but all of the staff, mm -hmm. the umpires, the front office staff, the in, like everybody, nice. and also the opposing team. Oh, nice. Three times, which is like super great. So he gets major gold stars for this. And he was asked about this and he said, well, you know what? People are really underappreciated, and we need to recognize their importance. They need to see that we value everybody's role mm -hmm. in, in, you know, in, in making all of this go. And it's a super small way of, of showing gratitude. That is classy. Good man. So very classy guy, Liam Hendricks. Thanks for that. And we look forward to seeing you back with the White Sox. But go ahead and keep feeding the Knights while you can. Right. Right. All right. Should we, uh, should we talk the about the, the, the hated Dodgers and their latest debacle? Let's Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, thanks for the tip. I hadn't even heard about this, um, and but I I did some research, and I guess the the Dodgers had invited. The Dodgers are having their Pride Night soon, um, and I just want to say that this is the second time I have discussed the Dodgers Pride Night on this podcast. But I think the first time was with Potty Mouth, um, so okay. two times ago, um, and. What I was discussing then was that they actually added the um, brown and pink stripes to their pride hats, which was awesome. So, and I forget when I was talking that, when we were talking about that, but that's great. Um, not so great. They invited um, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Patty, I know you know them. Do you want to, I don't know if I can explain them uh, easily, shortly, <laughs> succinctly. <laughs> See, I can't even say succinctly, succinctly. <laughs> <laughs> so they are a nonprofit organization. They are not affiliated with the Catholic Church. They very carefully go out of their way to not bash the Catholic Church. They're not fond of some of the, you know, restrictions imposed by the Catholic Church, but they that's not their reason. Their reason is to take care of people. Didn't they come about during... The, the AIDS crisis in San Francisco? They was were founded they were on born? Easter Sunday, 1979. And they um, they started out just as, um, you know, a, as sort of like performance activists. But as yeah. they grew, they, um, they did an enormous work in the community, um, like feeding and caring for people with AIDS. And they're a little bit outrageous in a good way. They wear... Like, Multicolored like versions of habits. Very and... They call them a little bit outrageous. 
Yeah. Yeah, but they get attention that way and they have a sense of humor. So in addition to doing this really important good work at the community level, they're also they draw attention to these causes and to themselves because they are outrageous in how they dress and all of this. Big full beards and nun habits. Right. And they have they have now chapters all over the place, including Los Angeles. And yeah. so the Dodgers were going to honor them with a community award yeah. in conjunction with Pride Night. Yes. So um, here's the thing, though. The Dodgers were going to honor the SF sisters, which I find strange, because why wouldn't they honor the LA sisters? So like my take on this, first of all, I want to say I love the sisters, always have since I moved here and first heard about them. And I love, um, I, I think it's outrageous that the Dodgers withdrew their invitation. But I think the problem here was from was like before the, the, this is this is like the necessary outcome of a really bad upstream decision, which is that I don't think anyone in the Dodgers front office really thought through like what is a way that we could show solidarity with trans or queer community in L.A., you know, like and I would be willing to bet that no one in the Dodgers front office of any level of authority is queer or trans. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. Given um, that this, the shit show just happened. Yeah. yeah. The, this preventable like, shit show happened. Because I think if someone was, they would have raised a red flag about it. They would have said like, well, the, you know, you're inviting the SF chapter to LA. Aren't there people in LA who are doing like, if you're going to give a community hero award, I don't know. It seems like it should be in your community. <laughs> like, see, I, I I will admit that I missed that. I thought that they had they were going to honor the LA chapter, but in the stories I was reading about it, the San Francisco people were, were behaving as spokespeople because that's the. the oh, I guess the, that could be true. But so maybe that. But, but I don't know. I, I it may very yeah. well be what what you're describing. I think it just like went right over my head. If that I mean, was the, the case. I read the statement on the on the SF Sisters website, and it said that the SF Sisters were supposed to be honored. But I don't. I don't know. Yeah, and no, that could like, be true. Uh, so, and I feel like okay, somebody, some straight person in their front office or probably their community relations department was like, wow, guys with beards and nun outfits, that will be so cool. And that was, that'll be nice in pictures. And that was all the thought they gave it, you know, and, and like, you know, Patty, I know you, you're an activist and like, you know, and, and um, I feel like you probably understand. And a lot of our listeners understand that like, Baseball fandom is some of the oldest and most conservative in all of sports. And so, like, if you're trying to move the needle on issues, any issues, race issues, queer issues, trans issues, um, you you have to step people along. Like, and so, like, why not have Elliot Page get a Community Hero Award? Why not have someone else and i cannot remember the name of the book you were telling me about but why not have that person get a community award but elliot page is in la you know that sure like like why are you not... talking about stealing home the 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 development of the stadium what's that the, you're talking about stealing home the oh no no never mind no, no, uh, yeah, okay no okay um but right. like why not have somebody that the the grandparents sitting in the audience can go like wow 
I never thought about it that way. Like, yeah. you know, you don't start with the sisters. <laughs> right. You know? the, the sisters are there to move the needle. They're there to move the needle and make things that seemed kind of on the edge much more mainstream. Exactly. They're there to expand yeah. the space. And I think that the sisters, uh, like, they're an awesome group. And I'm so glad, like, I've been so glad the whole time I've lived in San Francisco to just kind of watch how effective they are and how fun and how they keep their outrageousness, even as like, because they were so far out to the edge in the seventies that like, they still are out there here, you know, yeah. now 40 years later. So I, like, I'm grateful for them, but I think that at a baseball game, like, again, the person making the choice was not a person from the community. I can tell that because it, mm -hmm. just, it just was, it was always going to end up this way, you know? That said, the choice was made. The invitations were issued. Yeah, they and then it got through with it. And then and at that point, you commit to it. You don't cave to Mark Rubio from a different state altogether saying this is outrageous there you know, they slander the catholic church and then you know high ups in which is not true gonna... not true right not at all true and they, they got a couple of like highly placed people saying these things that were not true about what the sisters do and how they behave yeah and the you know the the front office of the dodgers say oh yeah that would be bad okay you're out without yeah. any attention to no that is not true at all and the dodgers the dodgers statement started with well you know in the spirit of unity i'm like this is not the oh, spirit of unity no. this is you guys caving to extremists yeah you caved to extremists yeah. and it got worse and so now part of the fallout is organizations in los angeles lgbtq organizations are dropping out of pride day as they should to protest as they, as should. they should to protest yeah. this action yeah yeah and i think that you know what what should have happened you know is that they should have just gone through with it there you know some of the fans because you know the dodgers fans like la fans the la is very conservative like la seems like an outrageous place but it's very conservative and so a lot of i'm sure a lot of fans would have like not gone that night or like canceled their season tickets or whatever but take your lumps like because that's what it is to be out there. If you want to really be out there on the edge, that's the decision you made, you know? I kind of wonder if donations to the sisters have gone way up this week. I bet they have. <laughs> I bet they have. So they could yeah. be, you know, well, all right. Now now more people know what we do and how important it is. Well, and that's addition too, to like, you know, that, that, you know, glad the sisters are getting press, you know, and get, you know, hopefully yeah. they'll get support around this. Um, they're great. Yeah. No, I, I, I am with you on the like the the poor strategy in place at the beginning, if your goal is to move the needle, like you well, said. Well, that's what happens when inclusion isn't like organic. Like you, the inclusion starts with having people in management who represent the community you're trying to include. You know. Right. Right. Yeah, boy, if we find out we're wrong about who's making these decisions, that's really going to make me pissed. <laughs> We can't both be wrong. Come on. We can't both be wrong. That is impossible. That's impossible. And we were, in fact, at, you know, at the vet, veteran stadium a couple times together. I'm sure we were. Oh, my God. So that could have been a police blotter situation. Yeah. But we didn't put it there. But we're going to move to police blotter. So, you know, classify it as you will. 
<laughs> I have two two stories about pitchers for you. The first one is Zach Gallon of the Diamondbacks. And depending on how old you are, you will either see this as a Randy Johnson moment from 22 years ago or a Ted Lasso moment from last season. <laughs> Zach Allen is warming up. He's pitching. He's warming up, throws the ball. Bird flies through his path. He hits the bird. The bird was not there when he wound up. The bird was flying yeah. in flight through in the path. And the broadcaster with Bally Sports said, in the spirit of Randy Johnson, I think you know where we're going with this. The bird is no longer with us. Oh. Yeah. And the Arizona first base coach said, all you heard was poof. Oh. So sorry about the bird. This is not, this happened to Randy Johnson in spring training 22 years ago. And there are a few related things that happened. So I'm going to link to a story if you want to hear weird wildlife situations and how they don't fare so well sometimes when yeah. they're in the middle of a ballpark. You may not want to read that. Somebody referred to the Randy Johnson situation with that that bird that didn't make it and the uh, that was the PR guy said, oh yeah, that, that bird was smoked. So, it's really, it's kind of sad. And can you imagine how bad you feel if you're the one who threw that damn pitch? Yeah, yeah. But, but now everyone knows it wasn't on purpose. We're going to move to sticky versus tacky because it seems like we're two for two. When Deborah co-hosts, we actually use that phrase, sticky versus tacky. And we talk about Domingo Herman of the I, Yankees, who we talked about last time, who was, you know, got away with his very sticky hands because he convinced everybody it was rosin. Didn't work this time. This time, Domingo Herman was ejected on Tuesday, routine check, before the fourth inning. Mm -hmm. he, had, he had pitched three scoreless against Toronto. Got the, the check, you know, coming on, onto the mound at the beginning of the fourth. And the crew chief, James Hoy, said that, again, this is like the, there's not a real scale, right? It's all compared to other things. But this time <laughs> it was, his, his was the stickiest hand I've ever felt. So that was the degree of sticky. He was the stickiest hand I've ever felt. Which, in fairness, is the same yardstick that that other umpire was uh, was using. Right. That was that was about Scherzer, right? That one was. That was about was Scherzer, Scherzer, and he said it's the, right. the stickiest I've felt, and I've been doing this for three years now. Yes. So this is a different person's stickiest. <laughs> That's what we've got here. And again, Herman said it was rosin. That's what he said last time, and he got away with it. It was rosin. Mm. And this time, Hoy said. It was not rosin. I feel like a democratic debate coming up. It was not rosin. I felt hands with rosin and it was definitely not rosin. Again, the old people are giggling, right? He says rosin is usually a little tacky. This was sticky. My fingers had a hard time coming off his palm. So sticky versus tacky is how you know. Domingo Herman has been suspended for 10 games. Which seems like maybe a lot, but I kind of think this is, you know how umpires sometimes make a, 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 a borderline right. call to make yeah, to make up for an earlier bad call? I kind of wonder if that's what the makeup suspension. <laughs> the makeup suspension. Oh, my God. Hey, our stupid rules affect our, our standings all the time in our fantasy league. I'm going to tell you the top five. Somebody's team keeps changing names. <laughs> Who could that be? <laughs> Who could that be? Number one, Bo is holding steady, rock solid. A is suck badly, also holding steady. Number three, 
this team didn't exist last week, did it? It had a different name last week, but it's the same team as Deborah's team, Andres, Andres, and uh, how, how do I say it right? I, I don't know. We'd have to ask. Patty I think Mouse. it's Adelise. I say it, Andres, okay. Andres, and Adelise. <laughs> okay, you're number three, number four, and all that jazz. Number five, the set it and forget it, the kids. Potty mouth is holding in there at six, and I'm way, way down there at ten. Not in last place, but ten. You know what? If I had a third baseman, I would be at least nine. But nope, I'm holding steady at ten. <laughs> So, you know, hang in there, hang in there. What do you have going on this week? What do I have going on? Well, sadly, I'm still not making any plans to go to baseball games yet. Um, but I am planning to buy myself uh, a T-shirt that was designed by a local indigenous artist here um, in support of a local nonprofit, the American Indian Child Resource Center. They have these really awesome A's and Giants t-shirts for sale. Um, and Patty will put a link in the show notes. They are a steal at $20. And oh. um, I am not repping it today because I wore it last time and I thought that would be tacky or maybe sticky. I don't know. <laughs> or sticky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but um, yeah, they, they do awesome designs and, uh, 20 bucks. I'm getting the A's t-shirt, which isn't on the website. It doesn't show, but they have it in black as well as white. So I'm looking at this design on white. That is a beautiful design. It really is. And, uh, you know, for all their faults, the A's have an awesome logo. It's just a really nice A. Like it's just an A with a lot of like crazy serifs on it. If you're a font person, you know what I mean? It's got those curly cues and it's just a cool logo. I like it. And you know what? You're allowed to have a feather on this one. Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yes, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, we will definitely link to that. I also am taking the week off of actually going to live sports because three in a row was a lot. It was super fun, but it was a lot. However, I do have a lot of local baseball things to do with our local collegiate summer team, the Thunderbolts. We're wrapping up host families. Hey, if you live in a place that has a summer collegiate team and you have a spare room, Think about hosting a player for a couple of months. You might be giving that player a chance to kind of keep their skills sharp over the summer. Scouts can see them. You might be helping them on their way to their big baseball dreams. So think about that. And I also, the fun, one of the fun things I get to do with that Thunderbolts is I get to be the PA announcer. That is so Sometimes, cool. Uh, You're my got hero some, for that. We've got some new folks coming aboard who are also going to be announcers. So this week I get to train up some new announcers wow. because i have one whole season of experience so i am now a veteran yeah 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 it's time to train the next generation that's <laughs> that's exactly right that is exactly right have you thought about so your legacy as a pa announcer <laughs> yes that's why i've really got to focus this week and really kind of build that up I mean, I do have a couple of catchphrases. I do like it's a beautiful night for baseball. You're going to hear that nice. every every time I, st I start a game. Oh, my gosh. I and need I, a field trip. I need to make it to a T-ball. You do. I very pointedly don't instruct people to stand for the anthem. I just inform them that it's time for the anthem. Oh, so wow. So I have a couple things going on. That I have is a couple great. things going on. You're really yeah, carving like, oh, out yeah, your, your niche. Yeah. It's like they're like, oh, yeah, it's that one again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Okay. So listeners, if you have um, corrections for us, because sometimes we need that, if you have opinions about what we talked about, 
If you can figure out how to get Yahoo to let me play Mark Vientos at third base, any of those things, please find us on social media. Deborah, can you help people find us? Yes, I can. You can find us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook at No Crying in B-Ball, Instagram also No Crying in B-Ball, and on the interwebs at NoCryingInBball.com. Yay, we hope you find us there. And gosh, I, I think I do I need to stop telling people to get their boosters. I think I do. I think officially it's not uh, I, I'm in a more. fog. I don't know what all what all's going on. I don't on. know. So we're gonna start with hey, fight the man, it's the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. And until next week, say good night, potty mouth. Good night, Patty and Potty Mouth. <laughs> it looks like you're doing your best potty mouth i like that i know that's kind of what i was thinking